This episode is brought to you by Springbrook Autism Behavioral Health. Do you work with or care for children with autism? Learn from leading autism experts, activists, and self-advocates, including Dr. Tyler Whitney, Alex Generous, Kaylin Partlow from the Netflix series Love on the Spectrum, the clinical team at Springbrook Autism Behavioral Health, and more at Converge Autism Summit, May 16th and 17th at the Greenville, South Carolina Convention Center. And I just want to say, in all my years of, of working with the autism community, this is the very first conference that I went to, and I did this last year. I had a really good time. I met a lot of really cool people, and I learned a lot. So if you want to learn more and get tickets, you can go to convergeautism.com. That's C-O-N-V-E-R-G-E-A-U-T-I-S-M.com. And use the code AUTISMDAD15 to save 15% off your ticket price. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad podcast, I'm going to answer some of your questions about ADHD. Now, I am not a medical professional in any capacity, but... I was diagnosed at 43, which means I've lived my entire life with ADHD. Uh, I have two kids who have ADHD. I grew up with a sibling who had ADHD. And so I, I do have some experience with it. And uh, I've been talking a lot about my personal struggle lately with my own diagnosis. And you guys have been asking a lot of really good questions. So I pulled a couple of questions that I think can help the greatest number of people. And I'm gonna go ahead and take it on this week. And then I want to do a follow-up episode with a recognized expert in ADHD so we can kind of uh, do a deeper dive on this and help you understand what either you are going through yourself or what your kids are going through and how you can better manage things and live a normal, healthy, happy, productive, uh, meaningful life, uh, even though you may be struggling with, with ADHD. So before we dive into this, I think it's important that we define what ADHD is. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and it's a disorder that affects a person's ability to sustain uh, attention, control impulses, and regulate behavior. People with ADHD can have a difficult time with memory, focusing, following instructions, and completing tasks. They may also struggle with regulating their emotions and behavior and can present with things like hyperactivity and impulsivity. So that is the kind of clinical definition of what ADHD is and kind of, I think, the more classical presentation of what people think when they think of a child or an adult with ADHD. So this is a really good segue into your first question. It's such a good question, guys. And it's one that I've been thinking a lot about uh, over the last year. And that is, how could I go 43 years without being diagnosed with ADHD? How did I not know or suspect that I had ADHD? And I have put so much thought into that because it's so frustrating for me. Like, why am I struggling now? And I don't feel like I was struggling like this, you know, previously in my life. But here's what I think happened. I have been dealing with depression on and off since my early teens. I've been medicated for it. I have been in therapy for it. And a lot of the symptoms of depression can mimic that of a type of ADHD. So, 
Most people think of ADHD is that classical hyperactivity, they can't focus, they're bouncing off the wall, super impulsive. But there's another form of ADHD that is called the inattentive form, and that's what I have. So I don't struggle with hyperactivity or impulsivity or anything like that. I have a hard time focusing. I can be easily distracted, uh, some memory issues, and I can be very easily overwhelmed. All of those things are very similar to the symptoms of depression, right? And so I think a lot of what I've been experiencing throughout my life were, were symptoms of ADHD. And, and yes, I definitely have uh, battles with depression, but I think the depression is secondary to unmanaged, untreated ADHD. And it makes sense because in all the years of therapy and all the medication, it never, it never totally helped. You know, I mean, it, it, it kind of took the edge off. It made things a little bit better, but I still struggled because a large part of my problem was left unmanaged. It was left undiagnosed and I didn't recognize it for what it was. And honestly, it wasn't really until after my divorce that I started to kind of see that there might be something else going on. And I didn't know what it was. I started to assume that it was PTSD because I was diagnosed with PTSD from stuff when I was a kid and my time as a fire medic. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, maybe this additional stuff is just related to untreated or unresolved PTSD. But as time went on, I started seeing these social media posts, right? from uh, people who have ADHD. And they you know, were talking about what they experience and they put up their list of symptoms and how uh, it impacts their daily life. And I started thinking like, oh man, that, that sounds just like me. Like I could totally relate to what these people were experiencing. And so then I started to do some research. And the more that I looked into it, the more that it started to feel like maybe I have ADHD and that's a large part of my problem. And so I just kind of got to a point where I really needed to do something because I, you know, I'm all my kids have, I needed to get my shit together, honestly. And in order to do that, I needed to identify what was going on. So I went to a psychologist and I did some testing and it was thousands and thousands of questions over several days. It's a rather exhausting process if they do it right. And there was cognitive testing and personality testing and, and other kinds of psychological testing. But uh, what came back was that, yes, I have depression. Yes, I have PTSD, but I also have ADHD. And I definitely wasn't surprised. Uh, there was kind of relief, honestly. And then, but then there, I did struggle with it too. Like I, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know what it meant, how it was going to impact me or how it was going to impact my kids. You know, all those kinds of things. Like I went through the diagnoses with my kids, but they're kids, right? And it's my job to take care of them, but I'm the caretaker. And so if I'm diagnosed with something, there's no one to take care of me. I have to take care of myself and I have to address these issues myself. And I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. But the longer that I kind of sat with it and, and the more that I thought about it, the more kind of empowering it was in a way, because knowledge is power in my world, right? And I think that understanding myself is the first step to better managing these things in my daily life. And so, you know, I went from just laser focused on managing the depression to yes, still managing the depression, but also focusing on adjusting my schedule, my routine in my daily life around the ADHD. So rather than working against my brain, I'm working with it. And honestly, it's made a big difference. You know, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. My life is tough sometimes, right? And 
I still struggle, but that knowledge is helping me to, to make changes in my everyday life that just make things flow a little bit better, right? And allow me to use this as more of a strength than a deficit. I don't have that mastered yet at all, but I'm working on it. And I'm also learning that there are so many other adults out there who are being diagnosed later in life because they flew under the radar as well because they didn't present typically either. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversations happening right now and, and we're learning from each other and we're supporting each other. And I think that's a great thing. So that's the best answer I have when it comes to how I went so long in life without being diagnosed or even recognizing it. It makes sense to me. And that's just kind of what I have decided to accept because it doesn't really change anything. And going forward, uh, I just have to grow and learn and uh, adapt. So great question, though. It's a really good question. Next up, you wanted to know how does ADHD differ from just being forgetful, easily distracted, or having excessive energy? Great question, and I've been thinking of the best way to answer this, and I've got an analogy for you that I think will, will work. So when we're talking about depression, right, everybody experiences moments in their life where they're sad. They experience moments in their life where there is despair or grief or they feel depressed. That can be completely normal, right? It can be a reaction to the loss of a loved one. It can be just loss of a job or just circumstantial things in your life that you're sad about, right? These are normal human emotions and normal human responses to things that happen in our lives. Feeling those things under those circumstances, I, I think is normal, right? Like air quote here, normal. But it's when you experience those things persistently and they are consistently impacting your daily life in a negative way, you know, whether it's work, school, your relationships, uh, your self-esteem, your, your health is suffering because you're not taking care of yourself. I mean, like, then you have to step back and you look at it as though, okay, well, this is more than just being sad. This is more than just feeling depressed or grieving the loss of someone or something. There's something else going on that is not, you know, again, air quote, normal. And at that point, you go and you talk to your doctor or you go to a therapist and, you know, you kind of dig a little deeper and find out if there's something more going on than just those emotions, right? Maybe they're being driven by depression and that's something that needs to be treated. And so as we relate this to ADHD and we look at those kind of classic common symptoms that people are aware of, like forgetfulness, distractibility, impulsivity, and hyperactivity, we can step back and objectively say, okay, well, people can experience you know, some or all of the symptoms, and it doesn't mean that they have ADHD. And you're absolutely right. And so how do you know the difference? Well, I think if those symptoms are persistently present, right, and they are consistently impacting your life in a negative way across multiple facets like home, work, school, personal relationships, your financial life, then you have to step back and say, okay, well, maybe there's something else going on that could be treated. You know, whether it's you or your child, like ADHD is very treatable. And if you do have it or your child does have it, treatment can make a world of difference and improve your quality of life in ways that, you know, you can, like on the other side of treatment, you could just be like, oh my God, like, I don't know how I managed before this. So while I don't want to conflate ADHD and depression, I just, I thought that was a really good analogy that can help people to kind of understand when to seek help for something, right? Sometimes we can experience things and it's okay, but if we experience this thing all the time, that's when we want to go and get help and just find out if there's something that can be done. Really good question, guys. Really good question. 
So the last thing that you guys wanted to know about was my experience with managing ADHD and, and kind of talking about some of those strategies. So first of all, I'm a work in progress. I am still learning to better manage things, but I can, I can go through some of this and, and share what my personal experience has been. So there's three main strategies. Uh, there's medication, there's therapy, and there's lifestyle changes. And we all know about medication, right? So there's like Adderall and Ritalin are very common stimulants. There's non-stimulant medications as well, like Stratera is an example, and I can't remember the name of the other ones, but uh, Stratera is one of them. Um, I I was on Adderall for about a month uh, when I was first diagnosed, and it worked. Like it works really well um, for me when I when I'm not on Adderall. Um, there's there's like a thousand. It feels like there's just thousands of thoughts racing around in my head. And it's really hard for me to, to pull one, focus on it, deal with it, put it behind me and move on, right? Like it's the whole focus thing. When I would take the Adderall, within about 30 minutes, those the best way for me to describe it is like the noise just kind of faded away and it was quiet in my head. And so I could pull a thought, focus on it, deal with it, put it behind me, move on to the next one. And it's amazing. It feels really, really good to be able to do that. However, uh, the downside for me was when the medication would wear off and it doesn't last very long. Right. And I didn't have an afternoon dose. So I would end up feeling that clarity kind of fading away and all of that noise starting to come back. And as good as it felt to be able to focus, it felt horrible when I was unable to focus again. And so I opted not to take the meds anymore. For me, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like a good fit. Uh, my son is on uh, Stratera, the non-stimulant form. And it's just, you take the pill every day and it kind of works like an antidepressant. It takes a couple of weeks for it to kind of build up in your system. And then it just kind of helps mellow everything out. He does really well on it. So, I mean, maybe that's something that I look into, but um I guess that's sort of my experience with medication. As far as therapy is concerned, I have not gone to therapy specifically for management or treatment of ADHD. I've been there for post-traumatic stress. I was there when I was a fire medic. Uh, I was there for depression. Um, but I'm going back this month because I want to focus on the ADHD side of things and kind of build up some skills that can help me with my daily life. So what therapy can do uh, it's cognitive behavioral therapy, and it can help people with ADHD learn new skills for managing their symptoms, right? So uh, a lot of people struggle with organization and time management. Those are huge problems for so many people. And, uh, you know, a good therapist can help you learn techniques to keep on, you know, keep on like task and to be able to kind of focus on things. And there's tips and tricks and all kinds of stuff that a good therapist can help you uh, employ in your daily life that can uh, make a difference, right? So I'm excited to do that. I just have not done that before. So that's about the extent of my knowledge there. Now, while I have limited experiences with the therapy side of things for ADHD, lifestyle changes, I have been all over. And I have put the most time, effort, and energy into making lifestyle changes in my life because I feel like I've derived the most benefit from it. And these are things that you can implement today when you're done listening to this podcast and start benefiting from tomorrow, right? 
So we'll, we'll kind of go over a few of the things that, that I have really put a focus on. So sleep is the first thing that is so important. So you want to try and maximize uh, your sleep quality. So like I try to get eight hours of sleep a night. It makes a big difference for me. I know it's not always possible for everybody, especially if you're a special needs parent. I went sleep deprived for, you know, 15 years when my kids were younger. And, uh, you know, recently I've been able to really focus on it and improve it. And I get eight hours a night and it makes a big difference. So do what you can to try and improve your sleep quality. No matter how much sleep you get, just try and increase uh, that quality of sleep. I'm going to be doing an episode on sleep hygiene next month on the Special Needs Ohio podcast. So I'll make sure to link it uh, here or share it with you guys so that you can learn some tips and tricks on how to improve uh, your sleep hygiene. Uh, the next thing is exercise. Exercise is good for everyone, right? But for people with ADHD, it's a dopamine hit. I derive the same benefit from exercise that I do from taking a stimulant. So I have opted to kind of go down that route with the exercise because it not only has that same benefit for me and I can focus for a while afterwards, uh, but I also can burn off all of the anxiety that my racing thoughts tend to generate. So it's kind of a, a twofer for me. Uh, healthy diet, that should be pretty self-explanatory. You want to eat healthy. It's good for everybody. The last thing is hydration, and I, I do struggle with this. Um, I have learned that it's a very common ADHD thing to be dehydrated because you simply forget to drink water. So, and, and it's totally true, I forget to drink water. I have reminders set up. I have a water bottle that I carry with me everywhere I go. I have a hot tea thermos everywhere I go. And I still manage to forget a lot of times. So I really have to put effort into remembering to stay hydrated because it does make a difference, right? So these are all kind of simple things that we can do in our daily lives to just kind of improve how we function, you know? And these are just four examples, right? It could be anything. Everybody's lives are different. Everybody has different things going on. So, you know, you may be able to to pick and choose things in your life that you can make changes to that can have an impact in a positive way. So, you know, whatever works for you, it's just kind of basic things that I have done in, in my life. So the last thing I just want to say before we go is that, you know, ADHD is a very real medical condition that impairs a person's ability to function, right? I know it can be frustrating to live with someone who has ADHD, whether it's an adult or child, because it can have an impact on the people around them. But it is a medical condition. It's not their fault. And the more that we understand it, the better we can support those people in our lives. So I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to say that. And then again, thank you guys for everything. I really appreciate the questions. I really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic week. All right, take care. Real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and it has a positive impact on your life because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdent.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click and it'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.